4: Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson and I am joined by my co-host,
2: Paul Braun. I do this once a year, and it's wonderful.
4: (laughs) Oh, it is so wonderful to be with Paul here at the beautiful Rose Creek Golf Course in Fargo, North Dakota. We are here for the Putt for a Purpose fundraiser.
2: It's a the Bishop's Golf Tournament here in the Diocese of Fargo, and uh, we get uh, lots of teams. We need sixty golf carts for this. uh, for this today it uh, is so fantastic 30 Paul. teams and 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 we raise money for vocations and we raise money for uh, our youth activities and um, it's been going on for quite some time a little later on we're going to be talking with the person who's in charge of the tournament so they'll have more details on it but we're here every year for uh this putt for a purpose tournament and uh it's my one and only chance to host on RPR. <laughs>
4: oh, well, well, it's always a joy hosting with you, Paul. Thank and, you. used to. You know, as with everything uh, here at Real Presence Radio, we want to begin it in prayer. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father in heaven, you sent us your only Son to redeem us and to build your kingdom on earth. Please give us the wisdom and strength we need to follow his call. Grant to the faithful a spirit of generosity that church vocations may flourish. Bless our priests with holiness and courage that they may lead your people to Christ. Help all sisters and brothers to fulfill their sacred promises and so be effective signs of your kingdom, Lord. Invite more men and women to your service. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen father son holy spirit amen it's just so important to to have these fundraisers to promote vocations you know the vocation to the priesthood and religious orders but also the vocations to marriage goods you know sacramental marriage that's um, right that's so important as well and then of course our youth programs in the diocese
2: that that is where the vocations really start isn't it
4: absolutely uh,
2: when you're talking about uh you know catholic youth events uh Um, and that is where it all gets underway that is where that seed can be planted and it's so important that we as in the the faithful all over the real presence radio network uh, support our youth programs support our vocation programs And that's why we're here today, to have a little fun, but to support those programs.
4: Right. And that's just so fantastic because those programs are what help our parents, our families, and our parents to help nurture vocations in their home. And so what a wonderful way to introduce our next guest, our first guest, I should say, Dennis and Judy Miller. Welcome, Dennis.
0: Yeah, thank you very much.
4: Are you there? (laughs) Oh, well, it's so great to have you on, Dennis. And and Judy, also, we'd like to welcome you, too. Thank you, Janine. Well, we are so delighted. Uh, You know, I personally absolutely love your son, Father Jason Miller, and we're so excited to hear your perspective on Father Jason's discernment and and uh, journey into the priesthood. So, but first, Dennis, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Um. Well, uh, Judy and I are living on the farm that um, it's only a half mile from where my dad was born and raised, and our, our vocation story actually starts about a hundred years ago. My great grandmother had. I think it was 13 children, and she wanted a priest in the family. And actually, her youngest son uh, did go to seminary for one year, but um, I think he was asked to leave because he had a little bit too much of a free spirit. But he was the Mm -hmm. first one of our family to uh, own this property that Judy and I live on right now. So it's almost... our our son's priesthood is almost uh, like a fulfillment of my great grandmother's wish Um, anyway uh, my grandmother also um, my grandfather was sort of a bonanza farmer and uh, he you know died and, and left my grandmother for the time it was a certain amount of money and she enrolled her favorite grandchildren and I don't even know the name of the, a group of priests that pray every day for the person that's enrolled in their society so she uh, enrolled many of her grandchildren in that society and, and my sister and I were both enrolled in that so no matter how fast I ran away from the Lord that it, it was in my foolishness in younger years um i never had legs fast enough to outrun the lord and and um came back I came back to the church in um, 1977 and um I promised that I would give God the uh, rights to my life and obey him uh, in whatever he asked of me and and um so God gave me a beautiful wife and and uh, five children which whom we're thankful for, and um, the rest is history, I guess.
4: That's so beautiful, Dennis. You know, the vocation of, of holy sacramental marriage and, and the vocation of being a dad and, and leading your kids into that faith is so important.
2: And to just to, to let the rest of our... Uh... Real Presence Radio listeners know, who may not be from the Fargo Diocese, Father Jason Miller is the secretary for the bishop here in the Fargo Diocese. Uh, He's a relatively new priest. Uh, What year was he uh, ordained uh, duty? Um, 17, 2017. So he's a a relatively new priest, but he's so dynamic. And that has to come from upbringing. Tell us a little bit about... uh, father Miller and, and, uh, his, what he did coming up and how maybe, uh, he came to his, uh, vocation choice and how maybe you, uh, helped him make that choice.
3: Um, well, that, that's a big question, (laughs) Paul, but (laughs) you know, we had five children and as I look back, I think one of the most significant, well, I know one of the most significant choices we made was to homeschool the children. And um, it, that allowed me, you know, many opportunities to, well, not only to bring the faith to, to, to bear on significant moments, but day by day to be able to share um, the that uh, the faith life, and to to grow right along with. It with them and learn. I, I don't feel like I was the best catechized as a Catholic and so there was a lot of learning and growing for me as well. And and with that to you know, to have the opportunity to share my enthusiasm. I think that's important that we as parents be enthusiastic about learning, seeing the beauty, recognizing it, sharing that with our children to pass that desire uh, to continue to learn and grow and to continue to give thanks for the beauty of our, of our Catholic faith. And so, um, you know, that would, that, that's for, for all of the children as, as they, uh, were growing up, that they would see the love that Dennis and I have for the faith and to, you know, share that love of learning and growing and to pass that on to grow with them as they grew up.
4: Judy that's that's really really cool that you say that word enthusiasm because when you look at the latin component of the word enthusiasm it's in the spirit it's like it's it's just a very cool word to use when you talk about catechizing and to be on fire and in love with your faith that's gonna just transfer right into your kids and in helping them um be on fire about their faith and And we can do that so much as moms and dads, right, Dennis and Judy? Like, we can do so much in our own home when we really build our domestic churches and are very intentional about that. And it's not without, um, you know, there's a lot of our listeners uh, that have children who have fallen away, hopefully not too far, (laughs) but we need to really pray and persevere and keep, that enthusiasm about what we love about our faith and, uh, of course the source and summit of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of, of Christ is, is so vital. Um, yes, but wow. I, Thank you I for saying for, enthusiasm. Judy. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: yes. For young families, I think just that realization that, um, you know, faith is meant to be, uh, lived out every day and, and passed on and, um, you know, one thing that I see is as we grow our families spending time, I mean, they see whether we say it or not, They, the, the young children, they pick up on with what we spend our time and our efforts on. And if we spend that on our faith, that will say to them, this is important. This is the summa. This is the, this is the thing that is most important to us. And um, I guess. You know, going back to even to the book of De- Deuteronomy when we're commanded or, or, you know, told to to um, spend our time, um, recite the scriptures or, or recite things that we know about our faith, whether we're at home or whether we're away, whether we're lying down or whether we're getting up, you know, whether we're at the dinner table or whether we're in the evening just before our prayer time to to be sharing those things that are important to us and that we
2: want to, you know, want to have come alive for them, too. Well, we're uh, talking with Dennis and Judy Miller of uh, Devil's Lake area. They are the parents of a father, Jason Miller, here from the Fargo Diocese, who is the bishop's secretary and a fairly new priest here. Um, how did you get your children to pray? How did you get them to stay close to their faith. Is there anything specific that you did and that maybe you can tell other parents about?
0: Um, Well, for me, uh, as I said, when I came back to the church, I promised that I would give God a chance to speak to me every day. And um, I promised that if He spoke clearly, I would obey Him. So uh, from August 10th of 1977, about yeah, August tenth of nineteen seventy seven. I have literally started my day with prayer and um I can remember the children getting up, every one of them that's three or four years old and they'd come and sit in my lap and, and um one of the scriptures uh says how can you love a brother that you cannot or how can you love a God <clears throat> That you cannot see if you don't love the brother that I would see. So I would routinely pray for our neighbors and um, and you know there were friends and uh, neighbors that had friends and and um, I'd read the daily uh, mass readings and and they would just sit through that and and uh, our, our son Father Jason was the first one. I mean he was. Probably less than 10 years old, and he had already read through the whole Bible himself. was the first of our children to finish reading the Bible front to end. And, and um, Judy and I both have always had a, a love for scriptures. Um, we've started virtually every meal with a grace and blessing, and, and um, I... Can only remember one time that we missed mass on Sunday in, the, in our uh, married life, other than we missed mass one Sunday during COVID, and also one Sunday growing up. So uh, Judy's brother is a priest, and we we always had really good uh, friends who were priests and nuns, so the kids were um, sort of all, all the time had access to. Very lo- loving and, and holy clergy, and, and you know that was that made a big difference. Also,
4: well, you know, Dennis, when you're you're speaking that way about when you came back to the faith and those promises, and and that is so important that we. We fulfill those promises that we make to God, and and that's what's so beautiful in, in vocation stories, especially of priests and religious and their obedience, their obedience to God and the joy that they find in that obedience to, to that uh, vocation that they've made and and how it's so important for all of us all of us listeners to be praying for our priests and praying for those discerning the priesthood because it is a huge commitment you know uh, a huge I don't want to say a sacrifice because it's not because it, they have that that obedience and love to serve the lord but but there are things that are 24/7 that We as married couples don't have the ability to just, you know, check out from, (laughs) you know. And so for our listeners, you know, that beautiful, beautiful uh, obedience uh, that you just brought out in in your own vocation story, but also it really highlights what you showed to your son, Um, because that's one of the most important parts of being a priest,
2: That's right. We're going to continue our conversation with Dennis and Judy Miller from Devil's Lake right after this break on Real Presence Radio. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift, free will. He risks that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
3: Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy
4: Catholic Church
2: you're listening to real presence live now back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area heard right here on the rpr network
4: welcome back to real presence live my name is janine Bitson and i'm joined by paul braun Uh, He's the Director of Communications for the Diocese of Fargo. And we've been speaking to Dennis and Judy Miller. Uh, They are the parents of Father Jason Miller, our very own here in the Diocese of Fargo, who assists our bishop. And we are just so grateful to have them talk about vocations, uh, being that we're at the Pup for the Purpose uh, fundraiser, the Bishop's Golf Tournament, to help provide funds for seminarians
2: and for youth activities. And uh, it's, it's very important that uh, we do events like this because that the money that is raised really is helpful in not only uh, keeping the, uh, the, the seminarians uh the, keeping their education going, but also planting that seed among our youth. And, and so we will, we will be talking with the uh, diocesan uh, youth director uh, coming up a little later in the program about that. But uh, right now we have uh, Dennis and Judy. And um, one of the things that we talked about uh, off uh, during the break was... Uh, Kind of tell us a little bit about Father Miller. His growing up. What was he involved in? How how did this road to the the priesthood uh, start out? And and were, were there d- did he have any hiccups in the road at all? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Not to put you on the spot at all, right?
2: But <laughs> yeah, well, um, we're glad he went all the way through. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I I remember um, I, I had a, a spiritual experience even before Judy and I were dating that. Um, Said that I would have a son that was predisposed to being a, becoming a priest, and because of that, I, I would watch him as a youth. And um, like maybe as a three and four year old, uh, Father Lawrence Hans, who um, rested so recently deceased, but he was our pastor, and Father Jason would he would watch. I would I would watch Father uh, Father Miller out of the corner of my eye, and it was like. He and the priest were one. I mean, he was mimicking, during Mass, mimicking every movement that Father Haas made. And But um, Jason uh, uh, was getting professional sports attention. Um, he was part of the number one rated uh, basketball team in the state um, uh, his senior year in high school, and he also uh, went to uh, college on a started his freshman year as a scholar, uh, baseball scholarship. So anyway, um, uh, he, uh, uh, out at the end of his freshman year, he he led the team in batting at, at Valley City State, and he came to me and he said, Dad, something is missing in my life. I need to find out what it is. Yes, and so he... Well, and um,
4: you know what it probably... I was just going to say something quick there, Dennis. Uh, I think that was Father Charles praying real hard that uh, your boys became priests so they wouldn't have to be against them during the seminary basketball tournament. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
0: yeah. but um, Father Jason showed some amazing leadership qualities while playing sports. I mean... Almost yeah. uh, inhuman, and I, you know, of course, as a dad, I watched that, and I, I knew where that was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, he was, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, was always reverent, and and I remember um, going to a, a baseball game in Valley City uh, where Father Jason was playing, and a and a girl came up to me and said, um, "Oh, you." You were Father Jason, or you were Jason's dad. I've seen your picture um, in his family album. And, oh, where is this? And, and she, this girl told me, said you can you can trust Jason perfectly. He, he is the most honorable man that um, I've ever known.
4: Hmm. Oh, that's that's very very beautiful i know that uh, his leadership qualities are very evident and and that's why he's assisting the bishop at this time in such a short uh priestly life you know uh 2017 you said uh judy yeah yeah when he was ordained yeah well yeah. judy um What advice, Judy, would you offer to other parents as they teach their child about vocation and discernment? I mean, you guys live that life and you...
3: Well, um, Janine, as you mentioned, that two things come into my mind, and uh, there's many, many things, but one of the things that I feel was really significant, again, in their growing up, was to put before them as children... Um, heroes, our 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 cloud of witnesses to read the lives of the saints and and to delve a little deeper than just a couple of paragraphs, uh, especially their favorites or who they were named after or you know the feast days that were coming up on the on the liturgical calendar to to really. Uh, look at these people to, to recognize their human beings and yet their sanctity and to, you know, to uh, motivate all of us to uh, attempt to, uh, uh, to achieve that, that holiness for which they are um, elevated and raised up as uh, models. Of sanctification, so that was one thing, and, and you know that's just a treasure trove in front of all of us as parents to to um, dig out, to research, to find those holy heroes that that uh, we can place um, before our children. And the other thing was, and we talked about this a little bit in the very beginning, and I guess also for what the for the purpose is all about, but to look for those good events that are just all around us, so we don't have to go far to find good, holy events uh, for, our, for our young people. Search was big in the, through high school in the lives of our children, um, close close by, and, and to, again, it's time, you know, to take the time to say, this is, this is important, give your time to this. I just experienced a fantastic new event in my life right at Hankinson with the mother-daughter and granddaughter days, set aside a few days to go and and immerse yourself in the lives of the sisters, because we don't see them frequently uh, around anymore. And so here I had two of my young granddaughters, uh, and we we shared the life, of the prayer life, and and um, just living and being with the sisters, seeing their joy, their tremendous joy. Uh, it was just wonderful so those things are important to to uh allow your young people to have those opportunities
2: well what a beautiful way to to plant the seed uh for a religious vocation to, to take them directly there and let them see the sisters their lives and and their, their the, the prayerful lives they live that, that, that was what a wonderful opportunity
4: it yeah. is, Judy and and Dennis, and I just love what you just said because, you know, when it comes to the lives of the saints, you know, sometimes we forget that we're all called to be saints. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Blessed Columba Marmion is, we're all called to be saints. It's not for the few, it's for the many. And then how do you become a saint, you know? and And it's so beautiful that you show these ordinary men and women who you know led extraordinary lives you know and became very holy through their prayer life and through their witness to you know just giving all glory to God everything comes from him and and we just give all glory to him you know we live in a world that's like I did this and I did that and it's like no God did it through you and and so how beautiful it is when we get to know the lives of the saints we understand that's one of the most beautiful messages that they give Give it all back to God. It's all glory to God. And that's so beautiful, Judy. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, We only have a few minutes left, but are there any final thoughts or reflections, uh, Dennis or Judy, that you would like to offer our listening area?
0: Um, I thought of one story growing up. Um, I used to have horrible warts on my fingers, uh, as a young kid, and I thought, you know, how how am I going to ever make anything out of myself in life with these and I So I think my mother or somebody said, pray an our Father, uh, Hail Mary, and glory be um, every night before you go to bed and ask the Lord to take them away. And I did that faithfully for a year, and um, I was embarrassed about them. And the night before my, the start of my eighth grade year in school, the warts were still there, and I said, God, you must want me to be a priest because um, uh, these warts are still here, and I asked you to take them away before the next school year. And the next morning, every wart was gone, and uh,
4: hmm.
0: wow. so I, I attributed that, that God wanted me to, to be married, so... Um,
3: and I, I, I would... Is thinking back, you know, Father Jason during the seminary, and and our son John as well, who as you yes. know, we, he he turned out of the seminary after after completing the you know the first four years of minor seminary, um, and through that uh, through both of those of our young men being in the seminary, uh, first of all, prayer was so significant, uh, and still is today, of course, but just to, as parents, that's one of our primary callings, is to be in prayer for uh, our young um, sons and daughters as they discern their vocation. And then to just, as parents, in in hard thing, but we need to step back, and I felt that, um, especially for the boys as they were discerning, we wait until they ask us our opinion which they didn't very often, but wait for that. <laughs> our, our role is very, you know, is to quietly support them. They have such good um, guidance there in the seminary that, yeah, I they they probably don't need to seek ours that much anymore, but, you know, to, to pray and to pray for those who are giving them guidance and counseling them and giving them wisdom. And, Always to you know, to be ready there in that prayerful, supportive role, always be there and and then always to remember John Paul II, the great and famous words, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Whatever vocation. He is faithful and just
4: well, and Judy, to and- us. That's so true. And Judy and Dennis, we cannot thank you enough for sharing, uh, your testimony, your own vocation to holy marriage and, and your son, your, your son who discerned out a good holy man that's going to have a beautiful vocation as well. Um, but thank you so much for the time you've had with us this.
2: You're, you're very welcome.
0: You're welcome.
4: Thank you